0: Hi, and welcome to the Good Dog, Happy Baby podcast, where we will help you prepare your dog for the arrival of your child. My name is Mike Wambacher, and I'm a professional dog trainer here in the San Francisco Bay Area. I've been training dogs here professionally for the last 22 years. I'm also the author of the best-selling book, Good Dog, Happy Baby, an in-depth manual on how to prepare your dog for the arrival of your child. I'm joined here by my co-host and friend, Morgan Dix, who's gonna help me sort through a lot of the issues you'll be facing in this exciting phase of your life. He's going to interview me, and we're going to lay out a lot of information for you to help you enable your dog to make this transition into siblinghood smooth and easy and free of hiccups. So let's not waste any more time and dive right in.
1: Okay, Mike, you ready? Ready to go. All right, here's the question for today. My dog hates other dogs. Should I be concerned that this will be a problem with my child?
0: Well, I would say if your dog hates other dogs, it's probably always a little bit of a cause for concern and something you want to deal with. It just makes um, it makes managing the dog and the child together minimally. It makes managing the dog and the child together problematic because you know it's hard to uh, you know walk your baby down the street in a stroller and then you know if you if you've got a sixty pound dog that's lunging at every dog that goes by, it just becomes untenable. Uh, so that's one thing. Yeah. the other side of it is there's not there's not a necessary i mean, I think that the question people really have behind that is if my dog is aggressive with other dogs, is he going to be aggressive with my baby? And that's not that's a not necessarily answer. Um, <clears throat> there's not a right. there's not a necessary and direct connection between dog on dog aggression and aggression towards babies. I mean, it's you know it's a cause for concern. It's something it's a bit of a red flag, but it's not a major red flag with respect to uh, to the infant usually, or the small child in most cases, um, or you, or you would yes. have noticed it. you know, in other words, the person asking that question, if, if they're wondering whether there's going to be an issue around the kid, but, you know, but they've had their dog around children, you know, their, their dog hasn't shown particular, uh, you know, annoyance of children, you know, even before they have their own child, then I, I don't think that part's the biggest concern. I think the biggest concern is just that, um, that for a, you know, a new mom, and new dad, the bandwidth for dealing with that is a lot less. And suddenly your dog is going to find itself more and more on the outs. Um, uh, you yeah. know, it's just like simple things. Like even, you know, let's say your child gets a little older, three years, four years old, and you go to, you know, things, I don't know, little games and things with other parents that you want to go to picnics and things, all these things you just can't bring your dog to, you know, so it just means there's a lot of outside the home activities with your dog uh, with your child that your dog won't be able to participate in because you can't take the risk of the dog having some aggressive outburst right with um, right. somebody else's dog you know um, yeah because that just gets dangerous really fast you know basically I mean I've yeah. had I've had situations where <clears throat> mom's foolishly decided to risk it anyhow and then they're in this position where the dog's starting to get in a fight with another dog they're you know I live in San Francisco there's hills You've got your baby carriage on a little hill. What do you do? Then they she just let the dog go, and so the dog ended up in this bloodbath of a fight with another dog because she's holding on to the baby carriage and she's in no position to help. And it's all on the other person whose poor dog is getting attacked to try to deal with it. You know, it's a horror show. So yeah. So that's the kind of thing you know. So then, consequently, dog stays home a lot more alone, and that has you know a, a negative spiral, right? You know, less socialization um the presence of the child means more alone time for the dog which can create a jealous dynamic things like that so that's the areas that i would be most concerned about and um you know yeah yeah like with everything else is if you know you have this problem deal with this particular issue way before your baby arrives
1: right is that is that something the doggy 12 strip program helps to address like dog on dog aggression like if your dog hates another um
0: one. it helps lay a foundation of respect and um, impulse control and in, in the face of you know in the presence of the owner yeah um, but in and of it, in and of itself and it, you know if you have dog aggression issues in and of itself the 12-step program is not going to make it go away in all likelihood in rare cases it can yeah but more what it does is set the context of structure and authority that puts the, the owner then in a position to, uh, to be more effective with respect to the specific training methods about, you know, uh, dealing with a dog that's dog aggressive. And you know, most dog aggression cases, dog on dog aggression cases, mostly are resolvable or become manageable, but they, but it takes time and some practice and and you need to have the, the time and the practice to really just have the dog alone with somebody, you know, with a trainer who knows what they're doing and spend some significant, I mean, if there's ever an area where you want to address this before the baby arrives, this is one of them for sure.
1: Yeah, what what like in a in a snapshot in a nutshell, what is the, what is the antidote to this? What's the what's the training that you do for dogs? Well, who, it
0: it, it yeah. well okay. So you can split it into two two uh, two answers. Um, one is there are many dogs who are uh reactive to other dogs when they're on the leash, but you know not reactive to dogs when they're off the leash at the dog park. So in that case, which is the easier of the scenarios, in that case, um you hit, you have to teach the dog to stop pulling on the leash a, and you have to then teach the dog that the appearance of another dog over there means good things for it from you in the form of uh, a treat or something or a, uh. or a toy or a ball. But the primary thing that has to go is the tension in the leash. It's often improper leash handling and tension in the leash restraint on the leash in the presence of the other dog that creates the outburst. So when you can eliminate the tension in the leash, uh in, you know like 80 percent of the aggression just goes away just like that wow. and then you can use uh you know then you can use approaches involving systematic desensitizing yeah where you just teach the dog whenever it sees another dog over there if it looks at you it gets a treat and it keeps getting treats as long as the other dog is in what i call the you know your dog's reactive zone yeah uh, so it starts to over time starts to learn to associate the presence of dogs over there with good things from you which shifts the attention of the dog from that other dog towards you and puts the whole experience in a positive context. So um yeah. very so, interesting. Um,
1: That's very interesting. Like and of course counterintuitive or counterinstinctive because of course always the snap response when your dog lunges at another dog is you tension in the leash, like but in the extreme, right? You're just yanking right your your dog back. So that that couldn't be more counterinstinctive. But very interesting that that's eighty percent of 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 it of it will resolve if you if you're able well, to. Well, think
0: about it. You know, most people don't think about it because they don't know this. But um, that that's exactly the way you train police dogs to become aggressive: is you you restrain and irritate, restrain and irritate, restrain and irritate. They put them in harnesses, so like harnesses um, with the leash clip on the back or about the. The worst thing you could use on a dog if you're, if you're experiencing on leash dog aggression, because Mm -hmm. harnesses to jack up the aggression uh, tremendously. So, uh, but that's how they train police dogs. They put the dog in a harness, they restrain the dog while the other guy whose job is to quote unquote, be an agitator irritates the dog, by just being weird as the dog gets wound up, he starts straining to go check it out. The handler starts to restrain the dog and the dog goes into a frenzy. Um, and that's how they, you know, that's how you cultivate high levels of aggression in otherwise normal
1: dogs.
0: Mm. So, you know, anyway, people do that all the time. So then the other piece of it is if you've got dogs that are, you know, they are aggressive at any time, you know, in other words, if they're at the park off the leash, they're going to attack other dogs. Um, that's much more difficult to deal with. The on-leash dog aggression is usually really simple to deal with. Yeah. Um, not in every case, but I'd say 80% of those cases resolve very quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But a dog is aggressive on the leash and off the leash. You know, then you're in a whole other category. Yeah, and um, it's much more tricky. It's more multidimensional. Um, you know, but in either case, whatever the case is, um, if you're a person with a dog like that and you're having a baby, I would highly recommend immediately getting professional help and um, and addressing it. This is prob- this is this is an area that people cannot address on their own. They need help. Right.
1: Right. Got it. All right. Well, is there anything else you want to add to that? I mean, my my takeaway listening to you is like, I think just to reiterate what you just said, that this is not really something you can deal with alone in your house through some of the tactics and techniques that we've talked about in previous episodes, you actually probably need to work with a professional dog trainer to deal with this issue. That's like my first takeaway. The second takeaway is Take it seriously. You do have to deal with this because odds are, if you don't, it's going to put you in a potentially very compromising position, where you could be caught in that situation where you talked about with that woman on the hillside, where the dog just ends up going to town on another dog or gets, Mm -hmm. you know, mauled by another dog through instigating a, a situation. But yeah, so all right, I would say those are my two primary takeaways. Is there anything else you want to emphasize?
0: Yeah. I, you know, because this is a tricky issue, I guess I'm just going to throw out a little bit my own training philosophy here. If you're in a situation like that and you're looking for a trainer, I would avoid two types of trainers. Um, I would avoid the kind of trainers for whom the answer to every training problem is to yank on a choke chain. And by the same token, I would avoid what's called purely positive trainers where the answer to every problem is to shelter the dog from the exposure and just, uh, and just, you know, you just use treats, 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 and never say no. The purely, po- you know, the, neither approach really works, but, um, the purely positive approach is what's, what's more common these days with people. And, um, and it just, you, it just doesn't work to produce reliability in the long run and these types of issues. So my suggestion would be to find somebody who ha- has some version of my approach, which is to maximize the positive reinforcement, minimize compulsion or force, but be realistic. In other words, be intelligent enough to know when and where to apply force strategically, and yeah. and as well as how to use a lot of positive reinforcement. It's usually a combination of an intelligent combination of both, with the emphasis on the positive reinforcement, a heavy emphasis on the positive reinforcement yeah. that does the, that does the trick. But to just go just strictly with the you know yank them into submission mode or treat them into cooperation mode neither one of those will work and you'll spend a lot of money and get frustrated.
1: So I, I have a question. This is like, it's slightly tangential, but maybe other people have this question. I never know. Like, I'm curious how you respond to this, but like when I see people, uh, walking down the street and their dog just attacks another dog as they're walking by and, and Mm -hmm. like, and maybe it's it's probably obvious to me that this this is the type of dog has done this a lot but the owners just kind mm-hmm. of you know pulling the dog off and and then at the same time though it's clear they're not really dealing with the issue how, what what do you think of that is it appropriate to like smack that other dog back or or you know like tongue in cheek but like what what how do you, what's an appropriate response in that situation
0: Man, I tell you, it's a toughie because it happens all the time. People, the bulk of people with aggressive dogs don't take any responsibility for them. They just hope for the best. You know? it's like, you know, and then you know, you'll, you'll get some situation like what you just described, and they'll always say, oh, he's never done that before. And that's only true once. Right? And it's almost never true in the situations like that. You know, when a dog shows that full-blown level of aggression, it's never the first time. Yeah. You know, there's a whole track record, and it just means that other people just don't care. I hate to say, there's people out there they don't give a you know what? You, they don't give it, you know what? They don't care. They're willing to inflict their dog on the public, and I have extremely uh, short uh, <laughs> uh, tempers for that. At this point, I've been doing this for 22 years. I've seen this thousands of times where the person whose dog is being attacked has to take responsibility for both dogs. And uh, you know, the, the place where the people, the place where the people will, uh, will suddenly get um, involved is when you start manhandling their dog. Since they're not doing it, then they'll get all over you.
1: Yeah. <laughs> so what's your, um, so, yeah, so
0: what's the right? Well, response? Well, it's hard to know what to do. The right response is protect your dog. You know, at that point, you're just kind of screwed because you, you know, the other person doesn't care, and you're on your own. It's a terrible situation, and that's it's like I said. I used to be a lot more liberal and tolerant, but I urge my clients if they find themselves in a situation like that. Uh, As soon as they can kind of just get out of the situation, they instantly call the police, call animal control. There are systems in place to deal with people like this, uh, but most people don't avail themselves. You know, in San Francisco, there's a whole part of the police department all only about uh, dog issues. They have a hearing, they have a judge. You know, you can have people's dogs declared vicious and dangerous, which means they have to go get training. They have to have a muzzle on in public and all that stuff. And I throw the book at people these days because it's just the, the kind of callous, carelessness that it takes to have a dog like that and not do something about it and just put other people's dogs at risk is unacceptable to me.
1: Yeah. And when you say you throw the book at people, is that as like in your role as a kind of uh, expert witness?
0: Well, no, no, no. Just as a role in my, in my role as an offended citizen, you know, if I, if my dog gets attacked like that, then I'll, um, I mean, I've done this, and I did this once, you know, where the person was so, after, I, I had four puncture wounds in my hand from getting this person's dog off my dog. My dog had puncture wounds in its side, and the guy was just sitting there and goes, your problem, man. My dog's just being a dog. I was so livid uh, uh, that I basically went back over to his little Cocker Spaniel, pulled the collar off the dog, and um, and then called the police. And I pulled the collar off the dog because that's where the ID tags are.
1: Yeah, I was going to ask and, about that. Um,
0: yeah so and then i just called the police because then usually what these people will do they'll grab their dog and take off really fast before anybody can get there yeah um so i grabbed the collar and then the cop got there and then we went through the whole procedure and i had the dog declared vicious and dangerous which doesn't mean that they put him down it means that the person is then compelled to um take training classes to muzzle the dog and if there's a, and then he's got a strike so there's a kind of three strikes thing here and Yeah. i think it, it varies from from place to place but uh, here there's a three strikes thing. Second strike there's something else. Third strike they take the dog.
1: Got it. Wow. Yeah, so you've obviously yeah, yeah. had a lot of experience with it.
0: Unfortunately.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I didn't mean to work you up.
0: <laughs> oh, yeah, I get, No, I get really hot under the collar about this because I've been I've been on the receiving end of this kind of thing so many times with clients dog. Yeah. And it's always just galling to me how people can let that go, go on and then just And then just tell tell you to your face, screw you, what are you going to do about it? Yeah.
1: (laughs) Yeah, in so many words. You know? So, anyway, a
0: little tangential, but... Yeah, um, but But
1: instructive, nevertheless.
0: Yeah, definitely.
1: All right, everybody. So, there you have it. Um, I already kind of summed up the, the basic lesson here, which, just to quickly recap, is one, if your dog has this issue, first of all, don't ignore it. You need to act. You need to deal with it because it could put you in a really bad situation. So that's number one. Then number two, you to do that, you need help from a professional. You need a professional dog trainer to deal with that issue. You're not going to be able to do it on your own. And Mike talked about what some of those training modalities actually are. And um, yeah, so I encourage you if you have this issue, of course, go get help, especially if you've got a little one on the way or if you've got a toddler. And uh, great. So, Mike, thank you very much. Everyone, if you want to follow up, I encourage you to go to gooddoghappybaby.com. Get Mike's book or get his video course. It's it's very instructive. It deals with most all the issues that we talk about in this podcast. One of the two modules in his video course will help you with whatever issues you have in terms of preparing your dog for your child. Mike, again, thank you. Anything else you want to add before we we, uh, we end?
0: No, that's it. Just, you know, the same admonition as always. If you've got issues with your dog now, deal with them now. Don't wait.
1: Great. Mike, thanks a lot, man.
0: Take it easy, Morgan. Thank you.
1: Thank you, everybody. Till next time.
0: Bye.